0: If you have a Bible with you, I'd invite you to open up to the book of Colossians. Uh, It's in the New Testament. It's to the right of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you don't have a Bible, there's one sitting right in front of you in the seat back. And uh, if you don't own a Bible, I'd love to have you uh, take that as our gift to you today. How many of you are in the shopping season right now? Anyone in the shopping season? Yeah. I hope you're almost done because it's really nuts out there. It's pretty unsafe. So just be, be careful with that. Think about gifts for a moment. Uh, gifts are gifts are pretty complex if you think about it. Gift giving and gift buying. Anyone having any struggles still? I mean, what, what's the date, 21st, 22nd? Anyone still, yeah, one less shopping day. Some people just aren't raising their hands, but yeah, there's some complexity to it. I think the hardest people here, if you're dating, what happens in dating relationships is this. At least one person in any dating relationship has almost no clue really where the relationship is at. They don't know where it's going. They don't know really where they're at. And then you add gift giving into that mix, and it's just utter complexity to that. Here's an example. You're the guy, and you're out with, with your girl, and you guys decide to exchange gifts, and you open up a gift from her, and it's a new case for your iPhone. And you go, great, that is awesome. Thank you for that. And the guy starts to wonder if the diamond necklace that he's bought for his girl is maybe a little too strong. Like maybe he's further advanced in this and not quite sure uh, if if that's where, where where things are at with the relationship. But no matter who you are, if you have bought gifts um, for someone in this season, you are asking a few questions. You're wondering if they'll like it, right? You'll wonder if it will fit. You'll wonder if they'll use it or wear it. Uh, maybe you're wondering this, will they gasp, return it? Right? There's, there's some people that as you give the gift, you can kind of read it in their face that they're gonna, that they're gonna bring it back. Uh, Every year there's that line of people that you see at the stores, right? Just, their faces are forlorn, they're filled with shot expectation, and they're standing in that line of the store that everyone feverishly bought items for last week, and here they are back in line, returning those same items. It's easy to see why though. Think about this. Um, ugly Christmas sweaters are really making a comeback. I don't know if you've noticed that yet, but, um, but it's true. It's kind of like people are realizing, yeah, but hey, now we know they're ugly. So what now? I'm going to wear it, right? And they go out with their, with their ugly Christmas party. Our family's already been engaged in, in a couple of those. Sometimes though, what we read about on, on Pinterest and what we see on TV, it's, it's kind of cute on TV, but it loses something in real life. Um, and so you, you go to one, or you see it, and you're like, well, that doesn't quite work out the same way. Uh, so you're gift-giving. You're like, well, ugly you know Christmas sweater would be cool. Those are kind of in, but but I don't know. And then your practical side kicks in, and you think to yourself, well, this person really could use more of these. And so what very quickly happens is it becomes the ugly Christmas sweater socks, which as soon as it's opened is hysterical for about 35 seconds. And then there's just this awkward pause that kind of follows Fortunately, it's broken up with the fact that you say, well, don't worry, I got you matching tie to go with those socks, you know, and the person inside is thinking inside their head, what? You really shouldn't have. No, really. You really shouldn't. And they're already planning, like, how can I fit that into my day? I hope there's a gift receipt, all those kinds of things that go on. So gift returns at this time of the year are about as American as pumpkin pie, right? I mean, it's just part of the process is that, is that people are, are doing this all the time. Here's what I want to do for you this morning. I want to offer you a very practical service. Sometimes people come to church and go, what does this have to do with, with everyday life, real life? Here it is. As you're sitting in the gift return line this year, I'm going to give you some thoughts to ponder, okay? I'm going to give you something to do other than play on your phone while you're sitting in that line this year, okay? Does that sound like a good deal? It's a free gift a free gift for everyone visitors and regulars alike and what it's going to be is this i am going to i'm going to lift your thoughts i'm going to lift your eyes to to some eternal things and this is a little bit like i've actually never been to this restaurant but i've seen the restaurant and longed for to to be there where the sushi comes by on the little boats has anyone actually been to that restaurant or one like it okay so there's restaurants evidently where little boats come by and someone magically is making like little dwarves or something or making sushi and it comes by and you get to just take whatever you want as it goes by is that is that right okay i'm thinking don't steal this i'm thinking of doing that with cheeseburgers and pizza right i mean it's just coming by on jet skis or something i don't know we could do something so if you don't like sushi you're like not tracking with the sushi thing uh you know imagine a cheeseburger coming by i'm going to give you some thoughts and uh and some of them are going to relate to you and i want you to grab the ones that relate to you and eat them um you can certainly gift them. So if there's a thought for you that, that you want to take and share it with someone else, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're welcome to. Uh, it's, it's a little bit word play. I was told as a kid not to play with my food, but no one ever told me not to play with words. So that's that's what I love to do sometimes. So what we're gonna do is this. We're gonna start off easy. If you're taking notes, uh you can jot these down. No, no requirement to that. But here's the first one. Return to the gift being celebrated. Um we're sitting in church a few days before celebrating Christmas. And it's possible within a church to do exactly what a lot of the rest of the world is doing, and that is wind things up, ramp things up, and completely miss the gift that's being celebrated. So, so this morning, a part of what we're doing here this morning with having kids sing, with decorating, with, with having all this stuff is to challenge us, is to, is to, is to point our attention back to the gift being celebrated. Jesus is born for us. That's what the Bible teaches us. It was predicted by prophets. It was announced by miraculous signs. And yet it was really only received in his day by some, not by everyone. Emmanuel, which means God with us, right? That's the gift that we're celebrating. Now, the truth of Christmas is getting more and more clouded. I hear it in conversations. A couple of years ago, my daughter was five. Her name's Cassie, and she was praying, and, and her prayer went something like this. She was praying that Joseph and Mary would be good, wise men. Um, and then as she's praying, she prays some more, and she was just earnestly praying that the, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, God the Son, would to know to where the star is. That was her prayer. And so as we're going, it as a father, it just kind of led me. I'm like, I've got to get a little more clear on the Christmas story with my daughters, a little bit of work to do. Um, you also see it in, in decorations, right? Uh, people have so many symbols on their lawn and decorating, and sometimes they just don't even know what, they're mean, what they mean. Uh, sometimes people think, you know, stars. They see stars at a store and icicles and snowmen. We live in California. We're like, that sounds really fun. I can't make it on my front lawn. I'll take some of those, you know. Uh, and then they, they, they go on and they see deer, you know, with little head that move and feed off your grass, but you don't kill the lawn. That sounds really appealing. Who doesn't love deer? I mean, that's really fun. And then something in some people triggers, you know, a giant SpongeBob with Christmas boxers and a Santa hat. Yes, please. I've got to have one of those. Make sure it's at least 20 feet tall. Um, and so people decorate with all these different you know, different things going on in their lawn. And sometimes uh, they don't even know what's going on. I saw one about a mile from here. So if this is you, please come talk to me. I just think this is awesome. This brought an absolute laugh to my heart and face uh, as I drove by. Somewhere in the neighborhood, okay, on the front porch, we have what appears to be Santa and Mary keeping watch by the flock by night, and it's the most odd couple you'll ever see. I'm like, wow! When Josephs out, Santa moved in. I mean, what happened here? And it's the most bizarre little couple I've, I've ever seen. I've seen. The, I look for Christmas decorations, and it's it's one of the more strange ones that I've ever seen. Let's return, okay let's get back to what we're celebrating and what there is to celebrate. Um, right in the midst of, of this uh, neighbor's house is, is this scene. Here's, here's Joseph and Mary and the Christ child. And we have this habit in our family of, of pointing these out and seeing, wow, there's wise men. Uh, wow, there's, there's a star pointing to a manger. Wow, there's, there's mother, uh, you know, mother Mary and, and Joseph uh, cruising along on a donkey. Uh, and so uh, just, just focusing on that. There's, there's history and evidence to discover, uh, but it's easy to let the stuff of the season kind of crowd it out. So, what's the gift? What, what is this gift? God with us. We know Emmanuel means God with us. Um, the, the gift is Him coming to us and giving Himself to us. But here's the part I want to re- like to return our attention to. He's giving Himself to us, and He's, He's giving His very presence to us for forever now jesus lived a very very short time on earth would you agree that 33 years for an eternal pre-existing being is a short period of time nod your head if you think that's yeah for an eternal being that's a short period of time right Jesus' time here on earth was short and catch this so is ours we are eternal beings that, that will go on, our souls will go on and on forever. Some of you have been there, maybe this year even, and, and if this is you, I'm with you, I've been there too this year, of uh, being at the bedside of someone that you love. And you have been there in that moment where you say, wow, the shell, the tent, the body that this soul was, was indwelling is different now that they're gone. It really is just, just a shell. And that's evidence to just say, we're eternal beings that will go on. So imagine you've got a big screen of eternity. You know what your life is? It's a pixel width. That's our life. So catch this. What if what if we only thought about the gift that God gives us of his presence with ourself for this life alone? Wouldn't we miss the big part of the gift? I mean, we'd only be looking at a, at a pixel width of what's going on. There are some really kind of famous verses that that circulate around this time of year, and it's actually really fun to just hear Scripture read and these prophecies that are talking about my Lord and King Jesus Christ right in the public square, often. And here's one of them from Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 6 and 7. And it's really, really well known and you'll hear it quoted at pageants and you'll you'll hear it in songs and you'll hear it uh, even on TV. But I want to direct your attention to some things. Look at verse 7. His government and its peace will never end. That's eternal. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. So it used to be that people in yesteryear, whenever that was, were a little bit more focused on eternal things. They are a little bit more focused on heaven and hell. And actually, big themes in people's dialogue and topic was preparing for what's beyond this life. But but there's kind of this pendulum that has swung from somewhere over here where that really dominated thought and topics and philosophers and people just from all sectors of life talk about that. It's swung so far over here that catch this. A lot of Christians... Never talk about heaven and hell and the next life. So what's the result of that? The result of that is this. We are awfully focused on the here. We're awfully focused on the now. So this morning, one of the sushi pieces coming by, return to the gift that's being celebrated. It's eternal. It's so much bigger and more than we often think about it. Look at Colossians chapter 3. If you're there, a Colossians 3, verse one says this, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And then look at verse two, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And What we're talking about here is focus. And if you want to know what you're focused on, I want you to think about what it is that you're anticipating. If you can get at what you're anticipating, then, then it, will, it will help sharpen what you're focused on. Okay, Let me give you an example. Uh, if you ask someone around this time of year what you're focused on, what you're anticipating, what's the unfiltered response that kids will give us? Presents, right? Toys. Sometimes they whip it out. They're like, I've got a list, you know, if you'd like one. My kids are all doing e-lists this year. It's awesome. They just, they just send it to me via message. It's really cool. Um, so the unfiltered response is gifts, toys, things that will make me happy now. Now, think about it. There was anticipation long ago, okay? Here's some very long ago past anticipation. There was talk, there was prophecy of a future Messiah. There's, a, there's talk of a Savior that was going to come, and it was going to make things really, really great in the future. And so, pre-Christ being born, there were these prophecies. God spoke through prophets, and there was this future time that people were looking forward to. And it actually helped them endure in this season because their, their focus was elsewhere. Now, what ends up happening is this. An angel comes. Fear not, I bring you tidings of great joy. But in the, in the contemporary age of Jesus walking the earth, so during the time of Christ, while he walked the earth, many, if not I could say most, missed the gift of his presence. They missed the gift of Emmanuel, Emmanuel. God with us. And here's the problem. They were focused on today. The Israelite nation in general was thinking, yay, a savior. What does that mean? Overthrow the government. What does that mean? Lower taxes. What does that mean? More free time on my weekend. Isn't that focused on here and now? I mean, can't we look back on history now and say, that's awfully short, you know, short focused. there. It's nearsighted. And so people missed him the first time around. Even those closest to him missed him. Um, Jesus is at this point in Matthew 16. Um, he's at this point where he's, he's, he's in his ministry, and he, and he begins to tell the disciples at a very specific point that the, the leaders of Jerusalem, the religious leaders, the guys that should have been his teammates, are going to abuse him and eventually kill him, but don't worry, I'm going to rise from the dead. Okay? Jesus is beginning to tell them this and lay this out for them. Ever opinionated Peter... Pulls Jesus aside and offers his take on the situation. Here's what he says. Never. This is never going to happen to you. And then Jesus, in Matthew 16, 23, says this. He, meaning Jesus, turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Not setting your mind on the things of God. I mean, what a strong rebuke from Jesus, right? Peter's giving Jesus advice. Here's a quick aside. Check your prayer life sometime. I mean, pastors have to be at the front of the list of being guilty of this. But check your prayer list sometime and think about how much advice you give to Christ. Think about how much advice in your prayer you tell God what you're doing. Now, are we to ask, bring our request to God? Absolutely. But sometimes we can cross a line where we're starting to say, here's how it's going to go. And we repeat it often so that God doesn't get you know, fuzzy on some of the details of things. So here's Peter telling Jesus how it's going to go. And yet Peter's mind is on the things of man and not on the things of God. Peter's mind is here while Jesus' mind is here. So even those closest to him missed the coming. Nearsighted people miss the the gift that God offers. So let's return to the gift being celebrated, God giving his son so that we can be there forever with him. All right, Uh, look at the screen for a moment. Which one of these toys grabs your eye the most? Okay, just take a look. This is a little infographic from the most popular toys of the last 50 years. Now, I have a little pop quiz, okay? This one made the list. Um, is there anyone in this room, don't say anything, is there anyone in this room who does not know what this is called? Can you not recall what this is called? Anyone? Be bold and raise your hand if you don't know what this is called. Wow. Okay, on the count of three, I'm going to test you, okay? You're going to call out what this is. One, two, three. Wow. I mean, that's a hit, right? Every one of you. I mean, from every generation in here, we've got it. Now, does anyone need any last-minute gift ideas? Anyone? I just saw a hand. That's you, Curran. All right. Wow. Guess what I'm getting for Christmas? My son's like, score. So kids, lest you think that electronics um, are are just kind of a recent phenomenon in toys, um, electronics have always been big in toys. Um, here's, here's what it meant for me, okay, as a little kid. And remember Light Bright, right? right? Look how happy those children are. I mean, the two brothers aren't even letting the sister see the thing, and she's thrilled because, it, because this toy plugs in. There's electrical currents running through this toy. I mean, hours of fun putting little pegs in things, okay? I got really fancy with Simon, right? I mean, now we've got random patterns and, and we're learning at the same time. So, you know, parents are thrilled with, with that one. Um, but really what took the cake for me, what, what absolutely dominated my attention was the Atari 2600. (laughs) Children, it's not a doormat. I know it looks like it's a doormat. You're like, why would you play with a doormat with switches? It's, it's very clearly, I mean, I don't know if you can see this, but for our help, it's right here. It's a video computer system. Okay, it's a video computer system. I mean, this was some of you in the here. The kids are going, "This guy's old." I mean, this guy's really, really old. Um, so, so this is what electronics meant in in my upbringing. You you guys have your own, you know, your own path on that. But but here's what Toy Story three taught all of us, right? Toy Story three taught us this: that every one of these toys um, is going to end up in a garage sale. Every one of this year's hot toy, whatever you're dreaming about, you're going, I've got to have this. It's going to end up cluttering someone's garage, and they are actually going to be thrilled that someone's going to walk away with it for pennies of what it was purchased for. What's the variable? What changed? Time. Right? Time has this way of just, of just changing the value of things and as a way of offering um, kind of this this perspective on things so our second uh, our second playing with this word is this return gifts to their proper place what what if gifts just shrunk in importance to say yes they're a great part of christmas and i love gift giving i love gift receiving it's just the whole process is so fun but let's just put it right where it belongs not as front and center, not as the top thing, but just kind of back as, as a part of what we're doing here and, and think about uh, point number one of this. You ever wonder why it says, let us bring him silver and gold? Rob alluded to the three wise men. Why would wise men go way out of their way to bring a baby gold and silver and precious spices and all these different things? Why? ever wonder that? The wise men were onto something. I mean these were rich and powerful men, and yet they were seeking something greater. We get to see the rich and the powerful men of that day worshiping God by bringing, bringing him their stuff. You know when gold and silver turns into stuff? you have an eternal perspective. If you understand what it is that's being given to you, all of a sudden, silver and gold, stuff that you can't take with you past your 33 years or 63 years or 83 years should the Lord give you long life, all of a sudden it really does kind of become stuff again, doesn't it? And so here's the wise men bringing their things and laying it at the baby Jesus' feet. So returning gifts is part of it. Um, it's also about returning our giftedness. Now, let me just ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hand, but I want you to think about this question this morning. Are you gifted? Are you gifted? This this can go one of two ways. It it can go this way. You bet I am. Man, I've categorized the the ways I'm gifted. Would Would you like to hear about it? I mean, I've got several hours worth of information I'd love to share with you, right? That's just utter pride. It's the person who thinks they're God's gift to everything, right? But it also can lead to despair. Man, no, I'm not. I'm not nearly as good as that person. Oh, I wish I could be more like that. Oh, I just always seem to whatever. So those are kind of the two extremes. My hunch is somewhere in between there falls most of us. Let me just share a couple of thoughts with you. The answer, of course, is that yes, you are gifted. You're all incredibly gifted. Let me start with breath and toes. I mean, just take stock of those things. Take stock of the fact that you probably didn't have to worry about wearing something to church today. Probably most of you had to pick uh, from, from, from what you wore because you have plenty to wear to church today against the elements. Think about your transportation and how you got here. Some of you are like, yeah, but my car is smoking and it must be addicted because I can't get it to quit. You ever be thankful that you have a car to take care of? Some people walk to church and you're going, yeah, what now? I say this, do you have shoes on your feet? Have you ever thanked God that there's a church within walking distance to your place where you live? You ever thank God for where you live? Now, I'm just talking about stuff so far, right? Well, breath is, is something different. But, but how about our very lives? How about just the, the ways God has gifted us. There's a Danish proverb that says this, what you are is God's gift to you. What you do with your life is your gift to God. So number three, in terms of thinking about gift returns is this, return your giftedness to the giver. God is up to some things right now. And and I can say with certainty what a few of those are, okay? Let me throw a few of those are that, that we know he's up to. He's out to seek and to save the lost. He's out to heal and bandage the broken. He's out to place the lonely in families. He's out to rescue those who are trapped because of their own decisions and trapped because of other people's decisions. That's the kind of God we serve, and that's what God is up to. And it's not just in the temporal, but it's in the eternal. That's what God is up to. Now, here's where it gets really exciting. God chooses, in his sovereignty, God's ways are higher than our ways, to use the whole messed up, incomplete, stumbling, inconsistent, procrastinating, handicapped lot of us. Chooses to use regular Joe and regular Jane people to accomplish this work that he's on. How awesome would it be if we could somehow quantify all the giftedness in this room? I mean, just all the talent that's sitting in this room right now. Not what your perception is. Not that, not that, not that teacher or coach or parent who evilly just spoke poison into you, telling you you're good for nothing. But your genuine giftedness. Don't you see that God uses your temperament? God uses your past experiences. God gives gives you natural giftings. There are things you do you don't even think about, and people around you go, man, I wish I could do that. Try as I might, I can't. So to somehow quantify the, 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 the collective giftedness, the collective talent in this room would be awesome. But it's there. There's a woman by the name of Johnny, and you may have heard of her before. She was paralyzed as a teenager. She dove into a lake, and for several decades now, she's been in a wheelchair. And she's a Christian. And when she first was injured, she began scouring the Bible. She was, she was looking through the Bible and trying to read about her condition and what was going on and how she was supposed to, to be to be living this way. And she really looked in the Bible for healing since she was a quadriplegic. But here's what she discovered. Jesus was not focused on spiritual healing. She found spiritual healing in the Bible. It's in there. He did miracles. But she found that Jesus' focus was on spiritual health, was on this this long-term giftedness, not on this short-term receiving of sight, not on the short-term of getting up out of a chair and having limbs move freely about under her control and command. Here's what she writes about often is that one day she'll have a new glorified body that she'll receive in heaven, and she's going to get to enjoy it for eternity. But she finds hope right now in the here and now, and she extends that to others. Listen to what she wrote about God's gifts. The Bible says that it has been given to us to suffer for his sake. My wheelchair is a gift from God, a gift I never would have chosen this gift. But since God chose it for me, I'll take it as a gift, hard as though it may be at times. You know where she learned this? She learned this from Jesus. Jesus was the ultimate at taking his giftedness and giving it back to the giver, pointing it back to the Father. And I would say this that even in his darkest suffering, that had been given to him, gifted to him by the Father, or maybe especially in his darkest suffering. He showed off God as a good, generous, gracious, all-powerful Father. Jesus so lived... For the later, turn to John 14. I just want to read this passage for you. He so lived for the later that, that the night before, he's about to be murdered uh, by Roman crucifixion. If you've never kind of looked into that, that's that's one of the worst ways to die still. They had perfected the art of torture and and cruel and unusual punishment in the cross. But Jesus so lived for the later, so lived from a future perspective, that on the night before he's about to die, he comforts his disciples. He gathers these disciples who, remember, he had just rebuked a little bit earlier about having their minds set on the things of man, not the things of God, and he comforts them with the hope of heaven. Look at John 14, verse 1. He says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can, you, how, how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Comforts them with the hope of heaven and reminds them of the path on how to get there. Follow me. Follow me. And through the book of Galatians, which is where our church is kind of currently working through this little letter that that the Apostle Paul wrote to a region of churches, what we're seeing over and over again is all that we are in Christ, what it means to be in Christ. That, my friends, is the gift. Let's not miss it. Now, to live this way uh, is not going to be easy. There are uh, something called currents, and if you've, never, um, if you've never been in a current before, you, you will have a hard time relating to this, but some of you have, have been in a current and sensed this. But a current works this way. You can, you can be in a current and not know that you're in a current. And what you do is you look up at some point in time, and what you find as a fixed land point has moved. And you realize, wow, I'm being carried along um, almost involuntarily and almost imperceptibly. Uh, so to live for the now is to just go with these currents that our current world age is just kind of carrying us along in. And to live for the later, just like in Jesus' day, is to live a life that is to swim upstream. Now, I found this picture at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. I didn't find it. I took it. And I, all these fish are swimming around in a circle. Maybe you've been there. And they're just all hustling in one direction. And I find this one guy or girl, and, and it's just swimming against it. And I love that this mouth is open. Right? I mean, it's just... It's this way. This is the way to go. Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. You know, and it's swimming the opposite way. And I looked at this fish, and I took a picture because I thought, wow, that's a Christian living for the bigger gift. That's that's a Christian understanding that this life is a little short period of time for an eternal being. So this morning, as you walk out of here, I want to leave you with a picture of a fish with its mouth wide open because God's given us some kind of a little snippet of who we are and whose we are. Yesterday, I'm walking through a forest of, of some really beautiful oak trees, and I look down and I find this acorn. And I thought about this fact. I thought about Johnny in a wheelchair and all the hang-ups that must come from living your life in a wheelchair as a quadriplegic. And then I began to think of just the wheelchairs of our own life, just the handicaps we have. The ways we keep messing up, the, the struggles that we keep having. And I thought, you know, what's going on is this. Try to explain to an acorn what it is like to be a majestic oak one day. I don't normally talk to acorns, and I hope you don't either. But, but if you were to talk to acorns, I mean, just try, try to get that acorn to understand what that little acorn is going to be one day and what the, what the, what the, what the real picture is all about. And and I and I kind of start to get into the head of wow God's got to talk to to beings that are we're just so confined aren't we by time and space and and just the dimensions that we get to live life through which is we we do it incrementally right time upon time we, we don't get to see things in a, in a big picture but God's given us this little these little slivers of of things that just say here's here's where it's all going here's where it's all pointing to. And I leave you with this one verse from Jesus in Matthew 6. He says this, So, don't worry about these things. What things? He's going to answer. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things, catch this, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And then he says this in verse 33, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. Let me pray. God, in this room are hurts and hang-ups and guilt and shame and frustration that would be hard to quantify. There's also, God, hope and giftedness, and joy, and peace, and these residual gifts that come from you, the big gift. And God, my prayer this morning is that as we walk out of here, you would take our chin and point it skyward, that we would set our hearts, that we would set our hopes, God, that you would take our focus and and redirect it or keep it directed on the things that you're up to the gifts that you're giving. God, we don't want to miss it. Not in this season, not in the summer, not next year. God, would you help us, see us through. I pray for those whose eyes are beginning to be open, God, that you would just continue in your loving, nudging way to lead them to yourself, the way you have so many of us here in this room. We love you and praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen.